guys. Welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association. I am your host, Anija Adams, founder of Girl Get That Money, a business empowerment coaching firm dedicated to women empowerment in business. I am also the vice president of CE Hutton, a business development and management firm located in Denver, Colorado. And I'm also the founder of the Green Street Academy, where we teach you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. Now, the goal of our show is really to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the space and share weekly updates, news updates um, about what they're doing in the space and about the industry as a whole, right? So whether they are members of the NCIA or not, Um, This is the NCIA's way of supporting minorities in in the cannabis space. We also interview minorities and women entrepreneurs, companies that support social equity and social justice, as well as companies who also lend money into this industry, um, as well as social equity applicants themselves and a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. Super excited about today. Um, today, we have a gentleman here by the name of Josh Gold. He's with National Business Capital, and he's going to be sharing with us how you, if you're an entrepreneur and have a business, how you can qualify to actually get a loan through them. And also, you know, he, he's going to talk a little bit about, you know, how you can qualify, you know, and, and really address some questions that, that we have as it relates to lending in this quote unquote, um, alternative industry, right? And so when we get back, you guys, we're going to go a little bit over on the news and and talk to my co-host, uh, Mr. Mike Lamoto. If you guys don't know him, say hi, Mike. Hey. <laughs> I was on mute there, but hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you. I know you're calling in from um, you're, you're chiming in from some other country, probably, unless, of course, you made it back to California. I know I'm here in Jamaica, and here pretty soon, you guys, we're going to be sharing all kinds of Jamaican scenes with you. But as of today, you guys, stay close to your computers, to your cell phones. Make sure you are chiming in, especially if you're raising capital or looking for funding. You don't want to miss this episode at all. We'll be back right after this. Association, we have proudly represented small businesses across the cannabis industry since 2010. We represent Main Street cannabis, not Wall Street cannabis. We have come so far in this fight to legalize cannabis that it seems that it's almost inevitable. And we're the ones making sure that as those rules are written, they favor small businesses, mom and pop operators, and Main Street cannabis, not Wall Street cannabis. In addition to making sure that your voice is heard at the federal level, being a member of NCIA also means building a vibrant community of small business owners within the cannabis space. Because we can always learn so much better by working together, learning from our mistakes and our successes, and building this industry together. So if you're interested in making sure that small businesses and Main Street Cannabis has a seat at the table, be sure to join NCIA at thecannabisindustry.org. All right, so we have a few news stories to go over today. A um, couple of things that came came into the inbox over the last few days. Uh, the first one was a story that was published. Actually, they both uh, were published in Marijuana Moment. Uh, the first one is that I'm going to go over here. Let me make sure I got my notes right here so I don't butcher it. Can marijuana industry M&A activity help social equity entrepreneurs? So it was an op-ed. Um, and, and basically what this uh, article is talking about is specifically in New York, with the 10 uh, major companies there, the major operators there, 
uh, you know, they're looking to sell their licenses basically and kind of cash out on having been medical. And now that things are switching over to adult use, they want to kind of cash out and get out of the marketplace, right? And, and make their money. Um, so the suggestion here in the article was, let's go ahead and tax them on those kinds of transfers and then take that money and put it in the social equity program. So what I want to bring up here is not so much about this specific policy um, and this specific proposal, uh, but more so the general gist of this as a whole, right? That what I'm really encouraged by is that you have folks now coming in from different organizations and different, this was from, a, I think, a private uh, company, actually, that's done a lot of work in cannabis over the years. And, you know, you're starting to have now more solutions being presented. And, you know, what we see when we have a lot of solutions at the table and people are brainstorming and throwing things out there, I think it can lead to a lot of great conversations. Um, the, it also can lead to a lot of pitfalls. And, and so I think that, you know, with this kind of a conversation, we have to be careful of, you know, are we setting up DEI as something that's sustainable? Are we setting up social equity, something sustainable? Um, you know, this could be a great one shot solution as long as there's other stop gaps put in place, other parameters in place to make sure it's a sustainable solution, not just something that's going to be one quick flash in the pan, uh, you know, and, and then we're done. Um, so that's, you know, so I just want to encourage folks, you know, when looking at the news to look at things and say, okay, look, here's some stories. Let's get involved more. Let's have more conversation. Let's comment. Let's share them. Let's have these kinds of conversations about them, right? Not look at them and say it's good or it's bad, right? But okay, cool. Brainstorm idea, you know, in a brainstorm, there's never bad ideas, right? We need to embrace that a little bit more, I think, when we're talking about some of these social equity things. The conversation has not happened enough, I, I believe, and it's been too segmented and siloed off. And so I want to see more of these conversations. So I want to just bring that story up. Uh, Khadija, I thought that was something that was right in line with what we've been talking about recently. Um, another story I wanted to bring up, uh, this was a Shailene title through this one my way, actually, also from Marijuana Moment. Um, and this one was... Marijuana businesses could be listed on stock exchanges and access financial services under new bipartisan bill. And, you know, uh, I also saw the, the press release that the, uh, that, that the, the, the Congress people that are releasing this or pushing this forth, this is about the Climate Act, um, are putting out there. And, you know, again, you know, not to knock any specific bill right now, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not the expert of policy, right? But I think what we need to do when we look at these kinds of things is, you know, look at the language that comes out around them. Sometimes it comes out where this is for social equity and minorities and diversity. But then we go a little bit deeper and we look at the law as it's actually being proposed and we realize, OK, and how is it actually going to do that and at what cost? So, you know, in this one, I think that while it may have some potential, um, I think that we need to look and realize that, you know, uh, opening up the stock market to companies I don't know how many of our social equity companies right now are in that position where they're looking to go public. So right. is this bill going to have enough teeth to make sure that the SBA is funding? You know, there's a, there's a, there's something that says the SBA can, but it doesn't make them do it. So right. if we're going to put forth that kind of a bill, I don't know. So what do you, what do you, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts well, on that? I, I, I agree with you. If they're going to, you know, put something like that in it, why not have it already outlined right on, on how it actually benefits social equity applicants. I've not heard of a social equity applicant going public. Um, I have heard that, you know, I've spoken to several social equity applicants and, you know, with them saying that that's what they want to do, you know, in a long-term type situation as an exit strategy or whatever. But as it relates to, you know, going public now, listen, here's what I know. A lot of these people, and first of all, my hat's off to everyone who's in policy. Let me say that. Okay. You guys have a job, a but I, I can't even describe because I have zero tolerance for ignorance. And I think it's 
ignorant to allow um, these politicians who know nothing about the cannabis industry to make any kind of policies without having cannabis entrepreneurs and professionals and experts standing there next to them to really walk them through this process. Because other than that, it's them. They're, they're blind as to what we actually need. And they have no knowledge as far as I'm concerned, as it relates to social equity applicants, because if you see the way they put us out there, they put us out there as having, you know, no business experience, no knowledge of how to run a business. And yet we, we want to say, hey, why aren't these big companies helping us? Well, hell, look at how you put us out there. You put us out there like we don't know anything. So why would a big company want to help us? Think about that. You know, and so I think we need to change the narrative on that. And I think these politicians really need to consult with cannabis professionals and experts with true approven track records and people who have been, you know, fighting for policy all this time. Okay. And then another thing is, is how are you going to talk about finance when your own state is not issuing money to social equity applicants? So I just, this is why I wanted you to lead off in the <laughs> <laughs> Mike, because I have gotten to the point right now where I just want to just hit something or. Well, so, so let me throw let me throw some positive yeah. things out there and some solutions also. Uh, and I'm going to throw a plug in for Lobby Days uh, that NCA yeah. is doing September 13th and 14th. We're organizing a Lobby Days for our members. Um, I'm starting to organize a delegation from our DEI members as well. So this is how we get in front of these politicians and make sure that they do understand. Because, like you know, we know that a lot of them are still in that space of actually asking us, like, what do we do? How do we do this? So to give fairness to some of these folks, they do want to know, but they're also trying to move the ball forward at the same time. So we need to also be more active and get in their ears okay. and be like, hey, here's what that. needs to happen. Yeah. I get that. I'm not trying yeah. to be no, no. or negative. What I'm saying to you is that we keep doing the same thing, keep talking yeah. about the same <laughs> thing. And as much as they ask us for advice, please show me one or even two maybe where they've taken that advice and they've right. moved it along and they have a successful social equity program in their state for social equity applicants. If you can show me that, then, you know, other than that, you're covering the news now. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll throw two good, good pieces of news from a couple of our members. Uh, one is uh, an event August 20th in Muskegon, Michigan. It's called Saturnalia. And it's a big carnival that will be a consumption event. So looking to normalize cannabis and cannabis 2.0. Uh, and then another event that, um, and we'll make sure these links uh, get out there somehow or another. I'm not sure how that works, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to need Vince's help on this. Uh, but the other, uh, and then the other event is uh, uh, BACA, Bay Area Latino Cannabis Alliance, is doing their book release um, on uh, July 23rd in Oakland. Um, so, you know, if you're in the Bay Area, BACA is a great organization, do a lot of great advocacy work in the local area and in California in general. So definitely go out there and check out their book. Um, it's, I believe it's the first newsletter that's published bilingually in this country. So um, that's, it's, it's an aggregate of that. So uh, cool. awesome. I'll go ahead and uh, leave the news at that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Hey, look, more on the news, you guys. We have someone here who's going to share with us how you can actually get your business um, prepared and get your business funded, right? How do you get a business loan? There's so many of us, whether we're social equity applicants, minority-owned companies, um, women-owned companies, veteran-owned companies, who are raising capital and still finding it very hard to raise capital, even after and as we see these larger conglomerates coming on the scene of cannabis when we've been on for a long time and we haven't had that successful trade. So we're excited to have Josh Gold, um, on and when we get back, 
We're going to talk to him and find out how you can get your business funded in the cannabis space, maybe through his company, National Business Capital. So we'll be back right after these messages. I am the cannabis industry. 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 We are the cannabis industry. And we are proving that regulation works. Hey, you guys, we are back with Josh Gold. I want to tell you a little bit about him. He is a success coach at National Business Capital. He trains all new finance advisors coming into the company, providing them with all the information and tools they need to succeed in their role. Um, Before becoming the success coach, he held a senior advisor position where he helped businesses or business owners secure capital they needed through a fast, simple, and transparent process. Josh worked in small business marketing before joining National's team, which allowed him to understand the challenges entrepreneurs and business owners face while growing their businesses. His unique vision and empathetic approach have helped him secure over $35 million for more than 1,500 clients and small businesses, earning his spot as an invaluable member of National Business Capital. When he's not helping business owners achieve their their goals, Josh spends his spare time training one of his major lifelong goals, and that's running a full marathon. He also enjoys cooking, reading, and fooling around with his kids who constantly motivate him to be his best self. Josh, welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's such a great pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. You look amazing. Thank you. I try. It's those kids, I tell you. (laughs) Yeah, they do have a way of making us look a lot younger, right? (laughs) Amen. Thank goodness. Absolutely. So, So, Josh, tell us, how long have you been in the lending business and what is your professional background? Yeah, no, great question. So I've been in small business lending now for nine years. This is my ninth year in the company. Uh, Prior to this, as you mentioned, I was in small business marketing, so I never really dabbled anything to do with finance. Um, But here at National, I've been responsible for helping secure and fund, like you mentioned, over $35 million to my clients alone. Uh, I did transition from originating loans and leading National Business Capital now as our success coach, as well as our culture leader. So my role is not only to train and coach our advisors and team members on the products, the marketplace, and how to understand what entrepreneurs go through to get their companies from one level to the next. But as the culture leader, I'm also responsible with myself and my team uh, to make sure that coming to this office, coming to our company and partnering with us is something that people look forward to. Uh, I never really feel like it's a chore or an obligation. Really, everyone that's here is excited to be on the team and just grinding it out daily. Wow. That's amazing. So $35 million, that's a lot of money. (laughs) You know, it's a lot of money. So tell us more about um, national business capital. Tell us about um, your products and the services that you offer entrepreneurs and business owners. Absolutely. And 35 million is a lot. It's a lot of sacrifice uh, to get all that done before taking and transitioning into the role now. Um, so definitely want to say it was a lot of hard work, but anything great in life should always require a little bit of grit and some extra hard work. So, um, but as far as our company, we're based in Long Island, uh, a town called Hop Hog. We're in the second largest industrial park next to Silicon Valley in California. Uh, it's where our headquarters is. We have a beautiful space of about 9,500 square feet. Uh, we're a 15-year young commercial finance group. We created 
an online marketplace of more than 75 different lenders that we've grown over the years. Uh, we've also been voted the top workplace in Long Island by Newsday since 2019. So we're three years in a row and going on our fourth this year, fingers crossed. Uh, our technology, it's one of the biggest things that separates us from everybody. It allows us to have a client, a business owner apply, securely provide their business documents, uh, and usually get a decision within the same day or the very next day. Uh, the reason for that is we focus so much on speed uh, is because opportunities or challenges, they really need to be capitalized on quickly. Um, and being the fact that our CEO is a small business owner who started this company from his spare bedroom, he understands what it's like to have to move quickly when the opportunity strikes. So we have built out a platform of different types of financing products, including asset-based lines, security against assets within the business, like inventory or receivables. Uh, we do unsecured loans and credit lines, SBA loans, and even equipment financing up to $5 million as well. Wow. And is that any kind of equipment? Yeah, including cannabis equipment. So we recently did a transaction for a business out in Arizona um, on a massive uh, joint rolling machine that produces, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of joints per minute. It was incredible. Um, and it was a rather large transaction, just over $750,000 uh, that we were able to successfully secure and start to finish. Took about three weeks to get everything done. Um, and then the build out began for the uh, manufacturer, for the client to then receive the equipment thereafter. Wow, that's pretty amazing. 700,000. That's another one under your belt to add to that 35 billion. <laughs> <laughs> I assisted on that one. Oh, did you? Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this Arizona company. I just left Arizona before coming here. Um, and I know a lot of companies there are looking for funding. So that's why I asked, has your business always been lending in the cannabis and hemp industry? And if not, how did you transition the business into the industry and why? Yeah, awesome questions. So, no, we haven't always been lending to this industry. Um, you know, being around since 2007, it wasn't until about 2014 that some of the lenders and maybe a few, a handful at the time, were willing to start testing, you know, some businesses within their portfolio to see how they performed and the rate of return and did the business use the money accordingly to help the business grow. Um, after what we did see was about, you know, $25,000 was like the average large loan that we were able to secure going back to 2014. So that was a big deal at the time, which is really wild to think because then the tolerance and appetite started to shift. I would say maybe like two years later, 2016, we really started to see the turn of the industry. And now we have well over a dozen different lenders on our platform that lend to the cannabis and hemp industry. And today we fund millions of dollars per month to the cannabis industry. So it's a great deal of growth and change that's occurred. Um, from state to state of what we're able to do. And we you know, started offering it because our competitors weren't. We had so many requests and inquiries that were coming into the website asking us for access to find financing for cannabis businesses and no one was doing it. They would all say they would and they would shop information around, but we had the right partnerships set up from the very beginning on the lenders that wanted to test it. Um, and they did show great and tremendous success and hence how the gate has just opened up for so many today. We can do so much more now. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Mike, before I dive into more questions, I wanted to allow you an opportunity to ask some questions as well. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. And uh, and Josh, this is great to know that there's even more funding and random options. Um, can you guys hear me now? No? Yeah, we can hear you. Just okay, cool. a little bit. 
All right, let me, let me uh, speak up a little bit then. So my, my question really is, um, you know, so they always say that it, when you don't need the money, it's easy to get a loan, right? But when you need the money, it's hard to get the loan, right? So, you know, what, what about the person that comes in that you mentioned, like, you know, if you have assets and things like that, that you can kind of use as collateral. What if you don't really have a lot of assets? Um, you know, what, what, are, what options exist for, for that kind of person, that kind of business? Yeah, it's a great question, Mike. Thank you. So not everybody has the assets, especially when they're in either fresh startup mode or they're in a particular type of industry or subcategory industry within the space where they don't require to have receivables or money on delay. So really what that becomes is access to capital through almost relationship building. So our lenders, they're a bit different. They're not really like cookie cutting type finance companies that just look at things for face value. They really wanna understand the story, what the business is trying to accomplish, what that market might be like in that local geography, um, geographical location, excuse me. Um, and what we can do is by building through nationals um, relationships, we can set businesses up with financing in the beginning that's typically unsecured if they don't have anything to go and pledge. Um, and that looks more like finding a, a solution to plug in about one to one and a half times what the business might be grossing in monthly sales. So we'll base it off of their revenue or their projected revenue if they have some oncoming um, you know, new streams, if there's a new product line that's rolling out, if they're expanding to a new location, um, if the state is changing some legalities and that's gonna open things up, the lenders are definitely gonna open their book up because of that as well. So we go through a very fine-tuned conversation of being able to identify what a client would have or wouldn't have to ensure that they're getting paired with the right type of program from the beginning. And then working with us, with our platform of lenders, as things continue to develop and that business does better, we can continue to provide compatible products that allows the business to have access to the capital it needs to fulfill those growth plans. I appreciate that. Um, the, the, my, my main takeaway from what you're saying really is, you know, if you're looking for the money, you come to you, you get told no initially, keep building the relationship. And I think that's something people miss out on a lot is, you know, don't just accept no and then walk away and be like, oh, whatever, forget about them. Realize that, hey, they're human on the other end too. And they may actually be interested in having conversation and continue to develop the relationship until you are ready and maybe even find ways that you could be ready for different options. So, no, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if you think about it in today's day and age of technology, so much has been disconnected from human to human interaction. And that's one of the biggest takeaways about what separates us from all the other finance companies in our space is that a lot of clients, they go and apply for financing, they get thrown in a technology box, if you will, and then they get all these automated responses. But business owners have lots of questions, right? Like, how are you supposed to know what's going to happen if things go right or things go wrong? Or what are the pros and the cons? And no one really wants to divulge that. And national practice is full transparency, where when you apply to us, we want to educate you in that process, even if we can't help you today. And no today is not a no forever. And if we set you up with the right pieces in place, it's like a game of chess. You can be very strategic to get approved for financing much quicker if you know the right tools and the steps to take. So we provide that. Absolutely. I like that because, you know, I share with entrepreneurs all the time who are raising capital, whether it's um, equity or debt. You know, I share with them, it's about establishing the relationship. You know, when you're when you're calling someone and asking someone for their hard earned cash that they have, you know, worked for, you can't expect them to write a check just on the first call. You know, you have to establish and build that relationship. So capital raising is not just calling looking for checks. It's really calling. Right 
and establishing that, you know, those relationships, because it's a marriage, right? It's like, you're tied to this company or this um, investor. And, um, and first, you want to make sure that you have the right investor, the right company. And so that brings me to my next question. Um, who's your target audience in this industry? And how can an entrepreneur or business owner in the cannabis industry apply for a loan through your company? What, what do they need to qualify? Yeah, no, awesome questions. So our clients, they're small to mid-sized businesses, really everywhere from, you know, the one person show to the companies that are grossing 200 million plus a year. Um, you know, we do look for businesses that are generating a minimum of around $20,000 a month in monthly gross revenue. Although we do have programs that are available to businesses that are not quite there just yet, but are on the way to, to doing so. Um, applying on our website is super easy. We've built it out to make sure that whether you're on a cell phone, a tablet, or any type of electronic device, uh, you can complete a business credit application where there's no hard credit inquiry to personal credit. Um, and upon doing so, we then give you the opportunity to connect securely and in an encrypted way your business bank account to transfer the statements directly to us to be reviewed. We'll, with all of that, it's about a three to four minute process. Our technology on the back end then immediately processes everything. And in less than about 20, 25 minutes, we have the information to the lenders that match the criteria of that business owner. Um, from there, we're looking at about a turnaround time of sometimes a few business hours, depending on the time of day, or if not by, by the following afternoon, we usually know everything that the client is approved for and also if they're declined, why they're declined, which is super important to also know of what improvements or changes that could be made in order to have better opportunities going forward. Um, but applying on our site, nationalbusinesscapital.com, um, but we do have a special link for all of your listeners, Khadija, uh, to make sure that they know where to properly apply and know that they came from um, your viewers as well as um, the Minority Report, which I believe will drop in the link. Yes, thank you so much. I actually just dropped it um, in Vince in the in the chat. So if you could share that, that would be really great. Thank you for that because you know that's what you know entrepreneurs and business owners in the space really should consider because even though you're not, they're not at that twenty thousand a month yet they do anticipate getting there at some point. And so being able to develop and really start a relationship and then develop that relationship until they get to that point, it really has a bigger impact than if they were just getting to that point and applying. Am I correct in saying that? A hundred percent correct. Because think about it, where businesses are growing and they need more money, who wants to borrow more money at a higher rate and establishing the relationship at that point? So even if you start with a smaller amount and you establish that credibility with a lender or a company like National, we take that forward. And then when it comes time to purchasing a commercial building or buying a big piece of equipment for $700,000, you're not walking in as a first-time borrower as a business. Instead, we have a, a credibility showing your payment history and the reputation of you as a borrower and a business owner and allowing you to then take those larger amounts of money at much lower rates. It's definitely the way to go. Absolutely. Mike, did you have any comments or questions? No, I think that's great. I think, you know, 20,000 a month in, in gross revenue. I mean, that's, that's a, a very attainable goal for some folks that are just starting out, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of routes there. My brain and buzz is buzzing about all the ways that I think we can actually collaborate with what we're doing at NCAA and what you guys are doing. So I'm really excited awesome. about this. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so tell us, Josh, um, what other problems does your company address for business owners and entrepreneurs? Is it just the, you know, lending money? 
what if they have other problems? Do you help them with other problems or um, situ issues or situations? Yeah, that's that's awesome question because we definitely have situations on the regular um, with our phone calls and our meets with our clients where they're you know identifying other issues or challenges within their business that they may not have the familiarity or like treading those waters before. So our CEO, he has his own YouTube channel where he puts out unlimited, invaluable, free content for business owners that take you through the journey, through everything that you could imagine from tax write-offs to growing a business to expanding. Um, and all that information then circles back to us as a company to provide uh, with additional education to the business owner and the borrower. So for us, really, it's plugging in solutions to businesses that have never taken financing before, right? They've tended to be unfamiliar with what they need to qualify. So where others might just send an email and say, hey, follow this instruction, we want to still build that relationship with the client and let them know that they have a true partner here from the very beginning, even if today isn't the day that we're able to sign on the line and get that business funded. Um, one of the other biggest things that gives the competitive edge is that if the clients have the information, the inside info, knowing from a company that's transparent, what it is you have to do to take the steps to get approved, it gives you the competitive edge against the rest of the competition in, the, in your market share, because they may not have that relationship. But having that insight and doing that research and seeing that the information coming from national coming from our team, really, if we're not helping you get financed, there's nothing in it for us except for building a future client. Um, which is the beautiful thing about we do is that even if we don't help someone today, you know, it might be a month, it might be six months later, we're able to establish and get them set up. Uh, one of the other biggest challenges we see, Khadija, is bookkeeping. Um, if you could imagine being a business owner, you wear a ton of hats, right? And, you know, you're the marketer, you're the problem solver, you are everything there is when you're a one person show. Uh, and then when it comes to bookkeeping, unless you got a background in finance, um, and, and accounting, it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, so we have solutions that make it very streamlined and easy with cloud-based bookkeeping, uh, which allows our clients to instantly see reporting in real time. Um, and it's significantly less expensive than going with a company like QuickBooks. Um, and a lot of our clients are on this platform that I'm discussing as well, which we can share some of that information at the end of the video too. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for that. So let me ask you something. What kind of advice would you give new entrepreneurs and business owners who may have never had a loan or even let's known applied for a loan? Yeah, uh, advice is first off super important, right? If you don't have your mentors, um, things can be a bit challenging through the waters. Uh, but first, always put a plan in place, right? How are you actually going to use these funds? And what kind of return can you expect from putting them to use? But timing is everything. You know, debt can be a very resourceful tool when used properly. Um, not everyone starts out with the best rates and needs to build some credit and payment history. So I would just say to anyone going to borrow for the first time, just be open-minded to establishing your credit worthiness. And when working with an organization, if it's not a company like National Business Capital and it's somebody else, just do the research on the company you're working with ensure that the reviews that are coming publicly from other business owners are pointing you as a business owner in the right direction of who to work with. Um, just like any other industry, there could be bad apples that could take you down a pretty dark road. Um, and getting off that dark road could be quite difficult if you don't have the right people and processes in place. Um, but national, just the way that we practice definitely helps businesses know that they're, they're, they're being handheld the right way um, to get them in the path that they need to go to receive the financing. Thank you for that. Okay, so I have a question that was not prepared. This came via text. 
Um, does your company refinance any current business loans that may have been that may have been obtained by another lender? Yeah, absolutely. So we do offer debt consolidation for commercial debt. Um, being that we don't offer any type of consumer or personal financing, it would have to be from the business. And as long as it is, there are some variables to it of like what a lender or a different bank would come in and offer. But a quick conversation with one of our expert advisors would be able to quickly identify and set realistic expectations with the business owner and let them know that based on the current debt you have, here are the potential options that could come about. And because we have so much you know, history in doing this, we're not ones that say, we don't know, we'll give you realistic ranges and numbers. Um, and almost 99% of the time, everything falls within those categories. Uh, just because of our track record, we know what to expect. So yeah, you could definitely refinance business debt with us for sure. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any more questions, there's a link that um, Vince is going to share and in the comments, um, go to that link and schedule some time to, um, to, to get more information and get your questions answered by either Josh or I know Nick is there as well. And, and there are others um, who work with National Business Capital who's able to answer your questions. So how can people actually reach you, Josh? Um, as a success coach, I know that you get a lot of calls. People have all kinds of questions, right? Um, but how can someone reach out to you if they just maybe want a consultation with you? Is that is that something that's possible? Yeah, most definitely. I meet with a lot of our clients in secondhand conversations outside of the transactions that we're helping them with. Myself, our CEO as well. Um, so you can always find me personally on LinkedIn. And by all means, you can reach out to me and send me a message. Always happy to connect and do a video chat. Um, but otherwise, nationalbusinesscapital.com is our website, but there's a link that we put out for everybody today, uh, which helps us know that it's coming from the Minority Report, their listeners of you, Khadija. Um, but furthermore, I'd also like to let you know that anyone that mentions that they had seen this video today um, and they were part of this and listening and, and as a viewer, um, we would love to make sure you're taken care of with friends and family discounts that we can provide. So anyone that comes from today's uh, visit, uh, we've already put a note in the system to ensure that everyone's handled as if my mom was looking for a loan, you're going to get taken care of just the same. Uh, hopefully, uh, I, I can live up to the expectations. It's kind of hard to please that woman sometimes, but I try. <laughs> or any woman for that matter. But yeah, Amen. <laughs> just be clear, okay, since we want to talk about transparency, okay. But thank you for that. We appreciate that. You guys, listen, Vince is going to share a link with you guys. Make sure that you go there. Make sure you apply, especially if you are looking for a loan and you meet those certain criteria. And even if you don't, make an appointment anyway, establish that connection and start a relationship so that when you are there, you know exactly who to go to. Josh, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you. Before we let you go, Mike, do you have any other questions or comments for Josh? I just really appreciate the way that you guys do everything. This is really awesome. I think that, um, you know, we talk about equitable, equitability in this industry. And I think the way that you guys do things really does, uh, in my opinion, really lead towards that equitable industry because it's about the human side of it. It's about the relationship building. It's about understanding everybody is at different places and how can we still engage and figure out how to work together and build. So I really appreciate everything uh, that you're talking about. I'm looking forward to working with you as we move forward in this industry. Awesome. I love that. Thank you. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks again so much. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to um, download this interview, right? Um, join us on Spotify, on, on, are we on Stitcher? I don't even know if we're on Stitcher. 
Oh, we are, right? Oh, cool. So I love that. We're on Stitch. And it's Stitcher and Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcasts. If you have any products that you want to highlight on the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, or if you have, um, if you would like to run your company's 30 second or one minute commercial during any of our shows, make sure you reach out to my executive producer. His name is Vince Chandler, but reach out to him at Vince at thecannabisindustry.org, or you can reach out to me directly at info at KhadijaAdams.com. We'll be back right after these messages. What's up? I'm Vince and this is NCIA's Industry Buzz. Let's get excited. We're going to get to see one another in D.C. this fall. That's right. Start making your plans to join us in September in Washington, D.C. as we return to our nation's capital for the 10th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days. It's the first time since 2019 that we've gathered in D.C. in person. And don't worry if this will be your first time joining us. You can expect online training before the event, a full day of meetings with congressional offices, an opening networking reception to meet your fellow attendees, and a closing event featuring some of our most important allies in Congress. Mark your calendars for September 13th and 14th. If you're not already an NCI member, join the movement today to defend and expand the responsible cannabis industry with us at thecannabisindustry.org. Hey, you guys, don't forget to check out the NCIA's member news blog and the NCIA member spotlight series um, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, please email me directly to info at KhadijaAdams.com and also answer your phones because we're going to have someone calling you for sponsorship. So if you are watching this or know of any companies who um, would qualify to be a sponsor of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, make sure they get at us at info at KhadijaAdams.com or you can reach out to Vince Chandler at Vince at the Cannabis Industry Dot org. Special shout out to the DEI program sponsors. Remember, you guys, the mission of the DEI committee is to educate, advocate, engage, and empower the community of cannabis and its members by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, providing resources that create and sustain an environment that is not only um, inclusive, but equitable and also very diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and celebrates their contributions as we all work together to strengthen communities in the cannabis industry. Mike, my co-host, thank you so much for being here with us today and really appreciate all that you bring, especially for the news. You're taking care of the news now. And um, Josh, thank you so much for being with us. Vince, you are amazing. Until next time, you guys. Peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.